Do you ever wonder what it's like on the other side of the couch? Do you ever get curious about the conversations therapists have with one another? Or are you a therapist who loves to hear others talk about our work? If the answer is yes to any of these, you're in the right place. This is Therapy Talk, the place where therapists discuss therapy. I'm your host, Rachel Landman. Join me each episode where I invite my colleagues in the field to come discuss the work. Hello and welcome to this podcast. I am host Rachel Landman and today I have guest speaker Michelle Petbra with me. Um, Thank you so much Michelle for joining us today. Um, Please use the maybe first few minutes to introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Um, This is definitely new for me, so um, it's cool to have new experiences. But yes, I'm Michelle. I recently started with Human Told um, over the summer. Um, And yeah, I live in New York City, but I'm originally from California. Um, So the last couple of years um, has been on the East Coast and it's been a wonderful time. So yeah. Getting used to this weather change. Yes, definitely. I like I over the time I was really excited about the snow and the winter and I thought, wow, it's so pretty. And now I I can't handle the cold. So I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen in January, February, but we'll see. <laughs> it's not a lot. So but thanks yeah. for all, like, thank God to all of this, like teletherapy yeah. thing. Cause yeah. it'll just be like, all right, January, February, I'm oh, in California. Yeah. <laughs> Heat up, all of it. Yeah. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. It's, it sounds like initially it was quite beautiful, but then it kind of caught up with you. Yeah, I am like, I got used to it. Yeah, the blinds are <laughs> off, rose-colored glasses are off. <laughs> That's fair. And, and winters in New York are, are rough. Brutal, yeah. For the first two months, I would say like January, February, and then March is cold, but I think, you know, I'm looking forward to spring at that point. So I know what's to come. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Yeah. Um, wonderful. So today's focus is going to be around safe space um, and what you do to create the safe space. So can you tell us a little bit about what the word safe space means to you and how you have incorporated that into your practice? Yeah, definitely. Um, so definitely, I always want to create a safe space for anybody that I'm encountering, whether that's a client, whether that's a friend, a family member. Um, I think for me, it's been really important um, growing up just like, and I'm African-American and growing up in a space where I was around a lot of um, like white individuals, I didn't see a lot of people like me. Um, It was really important that I found a safe space. I think within the last couple years, especially, especially everything that was going on in 2020 with the protest, that was like, it was, it was really, it was a trying time because I'm then analyzing my circles. I'm analyzing my spaces and I'm wondering, you know, all of these places that I've walked in, like, have they been safe? Do they accept me just how I am without having to um, compromise or without having to um, mold myself into this box or these, these expectations? And so for me personally, being able to be around people who create a safe space for me are really important and I would love to do that with the people that I encounter as well too you know come as you are you don't have to be anything that you're not you don't have to prove yourself you know you are valid just the way that you are and I would love for someone to feel confident in that so yeah absolutely it sounds like your personal experience really shaped who you are as a therapist yeah definitely I think that as time has gone on, um, 
and just like growing, you know, within my own knowledge, like clinically and, and just as a person, um, you see it more and more and more how, you know, people are just reaching to find validation and reaching to find a place where they feel accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be really easy to fall into a mode of like being a people pleaser <laughs> or doing things because you think, oh, that's what they want me to say, or that's what they want me to be like. Um, but what does it mean to actually tap into the authentic part of who you are? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does it mean to find people who love you just the way that you are? Um, and, and who are the people that are alongside you that will fight for you and advocate for you mm-hmm. um, when someone else is trying to challenge that? So um, yeah, I just think it's really important. And again, it's something that I've experienced and I'm still working on, you know, just as a person, but also definitely something that um, I've found working with people in practice and, um, you know, just trying to cultivate that um, even more. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that you kind of reflect that back to situations where things may have not been safe. And I think I would be very curious to understand and know what we have to look out for like what makes a space unsafe Mm. how do we know that a space is safe or not safe yeah definitely um I think for me personally like growing up I was I had a lot of like microaggressions come my way and I think that I didn't realize that they're microaggressions but I always did feel a little bit uncomfortable I just didn't have the word for it Um, and I think growing up like that's something that I do look out for and I, I don't think it's something that I'm trying to necessarily pick out I'm just very like sensitive to it mm-hmm. um, like my spirit is sensitive to it and so I think for me it's about you know if I notice that okay I'm, I'm in a space and you know people are saying microaggressions maybe maybe just as simple as something around my hair um, mm-hmm. and instead of caring to learn about maybe what the style is called um, they might make a joke about it. Mm. Uh, I remember growing up, I had braids all the time and people around me would say like, oh, like you look like Medusa because they would try and equate the braids to like snakes or something mm. like that. And so, you know, you can make a ton of excuses, chalk it up to like, oh, they're just being funny. But if I feel uncomfortable, like that's enough to make me feel like I don't feel safe. And um, it's also kind of maybe the people around me, if they're stopping it directly indirectly whatever it may be um that's a way that I do feel safe when I kind of like reel it in back then um but definitely I would say I guess overall you kind of know when something makes you feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um internally and seeing if there are people around you that want to stick up for you and if they don't then I kind of know like okay like I didn't like this and maybe I can speak up for myself as well too but um I just know that I, I might be a little bit more cautious in these areas. And if it keeps happening, I know that already maybe this group of people don't allow me to feel safe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. So it, it sounds like it's really kind of trusting mm-hmm. your instincts. Like you feel something's off, yeah. trust that, hone into that. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like maybe the vocabulary isn't quite there. Yeah. Yet, because we're just really tapping this this goes for like the feminist movement as, as well mm-hmm. as Definitely. the race movement there's really sometimes like we feel it but like mm-hmm. how do we vocalize it and sometimes and I, I'm assuming like the best thing probably is to maybe ask another person and say like hey I'm having a feeling I'm wondering if you can help me understand what that feeling is so I can voice that yeah. to make that space safer 
potentially, yeah. or at least get validation. Validation, definitely. And, and also to your point earlier about the vocabulary, sometimes people just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that can be understandable. But I do think that when, you know, that knowledge is made aware, maybe mm-hmm. through you saying something or somebody else saying something, um, and they may discredit it or mm-hmm. invalidate it in that moment, then that also carries a lot of weight versus someone saying, I'm so sorry, I didn't recognize how my words or my actions might have affected you and I want to do better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we live in a very defensive society. So it's unfortunately, it's like a negative loop almost, you know, you finally find the words to express yourself Mm -hmm. and you do it and you have the courage to do it. And then you just get shut down and then it's really hard to do it again Yeah, and not feel discouraged. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a great point and not feel discouraged, you know, not close yourself off to feeling like, well, maybe I just won't ever say anything again because this one time didn't happen. It it takes a lot of courage. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you do as a therapist? Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll start talking with Mm -hmm. people of color because that is probably a really important audience where you want to ensure that they feel really safe because of the trauma that they have experienced what Mm -hmm. do you as a therapist do in your session in order to facilitate Mm -hmm. that safe space and the non-judgmental space yeah definitely um I would say validation is key I think especially living in a society where you know it's we found a lot of invalidation, you know, in a lot of spaces, I think validation is key and, and not um, questioning what Mm -hmm. someone has been through, um, but more like seeking to understand. And even in spaces where, you know, I may not fully relate to what you've been through, we've all kind of grown up differently. um, But we share, you know, certain commonalities, but we might have still had completely different lives. Mm -hmm. And so not And also, so acknowledging with that, acknowledging that, you know, I may not have been through this, you know, but I hear you and I see you and I want to walk with you in that. Um, And so I I definitely think validation is key in every aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, And and spaces where I can relate, you know, just acknowledging like, yeah, you know, this is hard Mm -hmm. and and this is common and you're not alone in it. Um, You know, and I see that how it's affected you um, and having empathy as well too for someone's story so yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. have you ever experienced a client who really evidently seems to not trust the space Mm -hmm. with you have you ever Mm -hmm. had like that real blockage happen in session yeah I'm trying to think I I think initially um there's like one client that's kind of coming in Uh, mind right now and I think initially in the beginning yes and it had to do with a lot of trauma and experiences Mm -hmm. faced in their life um, with people leaving you know not knowing if you're genuine or if you're just here to get a paycheck you know Mm -hmm. and you know really really wanting to know like are you here for me are you listening to me Mm -hmm. Um, you know and and so I can I sensed that defensive nature very very early on Um, And it was important for me to also address it as well, too, and acknowledge that, yeah, you don't know me Mm -hmm. and I don't know your story and I'm not going to come in and act like I do. Or, you know, this is a time for me to, quote unquote, fix, you know, it's just we're working together. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm not going to push you more than you want to go, you know, and Mm -hmm. so 
um, wherever you would like to start, this is your space. This is your time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really just kind of acknowledging maybe how they're feeling in that moment, validating that as well too, and allowing them to take the space and the, and the, the time that they need to be able to feel comfortable. Um, and through time, we actually built a very, very great rapport. <laughs> um, and it's funny cause we could reflect back to when we first started working together. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, clients just want to know that you are there for them and that you're not, you know, especially if they've had bad experiences, maybe with therapists in the past or just people in general, yeah. um, you know, not really honoring their space or honoring their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to meet them where they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like you have this ability to pick up on when people feel uncomfortable. And it sounds like in moments like that, you kind of um, call it out to bring awareness to it in order to help facilitate the potential path towards more openness and trust. Yeah, definitely. I think in a way it also just opens communication Mm -hmm. and normalizes it between the client too. I think sometimes if you try and like scoot around what's actually happening or not acknowledging it at all in the long term it not it may not help um the relationship because there's almost like a white elephant in the room Mm -hmm. you know you're just you're just being shy about it (laughs) and it's hard (laughs) I think for myself just being so honest I don't think it's easy always for me to call things out I'm not a confrontational person so you know, that's a skill that I had to like develop Um, and, and be okay with it and be okay with the awkwardness and be okay with, you know, maybe a response that isn't going to be so understanding, you know? Um, But definitely I think what I've seen is that it's, it actually helps the relationship more than hinders it Mm -hmm. because you're just opening an honest line of communication. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious if, does your approach change at all? whether the person is a person of color or Mm. white Mm -hmm. um no actually it doesn't I think I yeah like just thinking about I'm like no it doesn't at all um because it also really just depends on you know what the person is bringing to the session what where they actually come I think for all of my clients person of color or not um I want to make sure that they know that you know, they are seen and they are welcomed and they are validated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally being a person of color myself, I can understand, I can relate a little bit more to people of color and maybe where they're coming from and kind of um, what, what maybe like whether the, whatever their story is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that I necessarily change in any way. Um, like there's no like favoritism or like special type, mm-hmm. right. you know, like, yeah. Um, treatment I just as a whole want to make sure that my my clients know that they are seen so yeah absolutely yeah do you feel there is a difference between whether or not people feel safe Mm. depending on their skin color like have you noticed certain people people feel safer around you than others Mm -hmm. I think that I think that when I work with clients of color they do I think that when I work with clients who are not of color, I don't know that they really pick up on it or mm-hmm. notice or feel any different, but definitely I, I like verbally have heard clients say, you know, they really wanted a black therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, it was important to them to have a black therapist, mm-hmm. even if that's not what they're coming to talk about. Um, it's important because there are certain things that you just don't have to explain mm-hmm. um, certain things that 
may come up along the way that you feel comfortable talking to your therapist about because they do share the same um, skin color as you, um, potentially even just like an ethnic background as you as well too. Yeah. Um, and honestly, for me personally, it, it, it has also been something that I seek, you know, I want someone who shares the same skin color as me because there are things that I've dealt with in the past that may come up in my life currently. And it's just easier. It's not that I don't think that it won't be understood, but there's just a way, there's a different type of understanding that happens. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it's even coming from this place of it is less likely mm-hmm. for you to offend them yeah. than it is for a white therapist yeah. to offend them or, or somebody from a different ethnicity mm-hmm. or racial background. It might be just you know, you are, there's no way you're going to really yeah. be racist, um, even though we all have the capacity to, of course, um, there might be just a less likelihood to do so. Maybe that feels like a quicker buy-in and, and trust level, yeah. um, not having to be on their toes. Yeah, that's very, very true. And um, I love like the way that you said that. I'm like, that's literally perfect. Um, you're less likely, I think, Um like less likely to like receive, like, even if the person is not necessarily is, is trying to like be as um, like cautious as possible, like you're just less likely to receive like certain microaggressions or um, just certain like misunderstandings as well too, you know, right. whether it's a language, like verbiage, um, whether it's like a concept, um, you know, I've had clients in the past who as they're explaining, maybe even just like their family culture to me, um, I, as they noticed, like, okay, well, they obviously knew that that I was black, but just like they had made a comment, like, oh, you understand, Mm -hmm. you know, how maybe in this culture, there's a stigma around A, B, and C, Mm -hmm. uh, because we share it within the black community. And again, to say what I was saying before is like, there are different aspects and different diasporas of the black community that maybe one may not relate to the other, Mm -hmm. but as a whole, you know, sometimes we can connect on certain points. So, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So what kind of advice mm-hmm. would you give to other, let's say, let, let's start with black therapists. Yeah. What is like your thoughts to, to give to clients who seek out a black therapist or black therapists who seek to want to do the same as you do, create a safe space? What would be your one top advice? Um. I have to think about that. I never thought about that ever. Okay. What about what about white therapists? Maybe we start there. Might be a little easier. Yeah. Um, I would just say validate. Like okay. No, validate. Um, don't question, but also at the same time, it's okay that you may not know everything, Mm -hmm. and it's okay that you may not understand everything, Mm -hmm. and you know be honest with that as well too Mm -hmm. um and if you ever feel like if there's an if there's ever anything that was done that you may feel like oh I don't know if they took it the wrong way like it's okay to be honest and communicate and and open up about it because I do think that um your clients of color will appreciate it more Mm -hmm. uh, than kind of forgetting the topic or skirting it over or acting like it didn't happen um so yeah, I, and I, yeah, 
I would just say all of that. I think that okay. Yeah, it, it sounds I, like mostly for Black therapists, kind of the same idea, keep validating, yeah. keep focusing on that relationship. And then for white therapists, while validation is still important, that maybe the bigger focus mm -hmm. is to pay attention to that uncomfortable feelings on both sides mm -hmm. and notice that and, and not let it slide, which is yeah. something that happens way too often in, mm -hmm. in real life, that mm -hmm. those are really fantastic opportunities to connect to your client and to build that rapport. Um, yeah, just, how does that feel hearing that? Yeah, that, yeah, that was, yeah, <laughs> that was exactly everything that I would have said. <laughs> yeah. And, and what about people from different kind of races who, um, who may find themselves across not necessarily white people, but somebody who's not like, let's say an Asian therapist who meets a black client or a black therapist who meets, meets an Asian client. What about those dynamics? Yeah. Um, what would be your like piece of advice if it's any different than the other two? Yeah. Um, I think I would say that our cultures are very different. And so being cognizant of that as well, too. I do think that um, one thing that kind of came to mind is that like as people of color, we can be in community and kind of an experience, a collective, like collective experiences, but at the same time, our experiences are very, very different too. Um, so not feeling like, oh, because you're a person of color, we can relate exactly the same because we won't. Mm -hmm. And that's also the truth as well too. And so I think, you know, just going back to the basis of like hearing somebody's story, mm -hmm. um, and not feeling like, um, again, kind of, I guess you could say like similar to maybe like a white therapist and a black client is that um, we may not understand everything as well too. Yeah. Um, so just being, you know, multiculturalism is very important to know that, you know, there are different um, like standards and just acceptance and just different cultural practices. Um, and so honoring that for each person that you're with, you know. Absolutely. So yeah. it sounds like being mindful of the difference is yeah. very important too, which may happen less when you have a Black therapist and a Black client, but may happen more when we have this shared experience of being in a marginalized group, but it is very different. So not over-identifying in yeah. a way and, and being yeah. mindful of like, yes, we definitely both experienced racism on a daily basis, but it's very different, mm -hmm. the kind of racism that we experience. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think also too, kind of going back to the point of like a Black therapist with a Black client, mm -hmm. um, I think the thing that came to mind was just like, I want to affirm Black therapists because um, I think we can question ourselves a lot. You know, we can walk into spaces and feel like we're less than or that we have to prove ourselves mm -hmm. and just know that you are where you are and it's for a reason and you're doing a great job. And, you know, there sometimes there's a stigma within the Black community around mental health. Mm -hmm. And so breaking that down and, you know, almost kind of, you know, you're, you're opening a door for mm -hmm. a lot of other Black therapists to walk in, you know, walk in those steps and, and also the people that you're working with for healing mm -hmm. and healing generational trauma, healing, you know, family trauma, like, you know, just being aware of that and so 
good job. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love, I also love ending on this note. It is the one and most important thing is to have more and more role mm-hmm. models mm-hmm. and in all of these communities so that people know that you can be great mm-hmm. um, and that you're great the way that you are and where you're at and all of that. I, I really love ending today on this note. Thank you. Thank you. I do too. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for um, talking to me about Safe Space. If you want to learn more about Michelle, uh, please visit our website. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>